I wanted to mention uh, where we're going to be headed after this. Uh, if you are new to St. Andrews, typically we go straight through uh, books of the Bible. Uh, during Advent, we had uh, specific uh, messages pertaining to uh, those great doctrines of Christmas and Advent. And uh, so next week, we're going to be starting a new series on the book of Jonah. I'm excited about that. I have, I have not ever preached through the book of Jonah. I've read it, but I, I've never preached, never preached through it. And it is a book, uh, you may, may be thinking, oh yeah, that's the one about the big fish. Well, it's not really about a big fish, it's about a big God. And I'm, uh, it, it is such an honest book. I have, uh, in, in preparation over the last uh, several months, I've been reading it over and over and over again, and it is such an honest book that I'm calling this series Grappling with Grace because that's basically what Jonah does. He has some real struggles, very honest struggles, when it comes to dealing with God's grace. And within that book as well is a place where it says that God saw the reaction of the people and he relented and did not do what he said he was going to do. And I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> and I'm still working on it. So um, please pray about this. Read through the book of Jonah if you have the opportunity or begin to read through it. It's a, it's a brief book, but we're going to be in it for a, a number of weeks and uh, I'm asking for God to use it in, in all of our lives, mine and all of ours. Now, today in your worship guide, you received our verse of the year. Every year, the session uh, chooses a verse for us to focus on during that year. The idea is uh, I will preach on it today, and uh, I or one of the other pastors will preach on it uh, various times during the year. But we encourage you to, first of all, memorize this. Some of you already have it memorized. This has been put to music and, and so on. Uh, I don't think it'll take you very long to memorize it. Put it in a prominent place. I've got one of these right on my desk where I see it many times during the day. So think about that. Maybe it's uh, your mirror or in your car or on your refrigerator or something like that, uh, wherever you visit the most. So um, where you will look and it'll cause you to, to think about that. And the key is to ask God to apply this uh, to uh, our lives to our work, to our school, to our neighborhood, to our individual lives, and to us as, as a church. So 
the, the context of this passage, and I'm going to read the entire thing in a few minutes at the table, and I'll read uh, the whole context at some point during the sermon, but here is the focus, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to Let's bow together. Lord, as we approach um, a new year, it, it's hard to even believe we're in a new year already. We would ask that you would use your word and particularly this passage and help us as individuals, help us as a church, as families, as couples to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and to trust that then all the things will be added later on to us. We're asking you to teach us today. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Many of you made resolutions. How many have already broken your resolutions? <laughs> that's, that's what can, can happen with uh, the typical resolution. And by the way, I'm not opposed to, to resolutions. So, you know, don't give up your brand new gym membership that you just bought and you went Saturday to and, and so on. That's, that's a good thing. Uh, keep using those running shoes, uh, you know, all of those things. I don't have any opposition to it. But we all know that there is an issue with making New Year's resolutions. And we all know that at some point, if you've made many of them in your life, you've also probably broken a number of them. I'm not saying don't make them. But I think there's a better way to look at them. And I want to, and we will in a few minutes, tie that in to our verse of the year today. So let's take a look at uh, this verse and um, see, basically, it is a verse about priorities. Um, notice, first of all, in the passage that uh, is before that verse, because notice it begins with, but seek first. So it's giving a contrast there to what had come before. But in that passage before, it talks about our natural priorities. Not our kingdom priorities. That's what, that's what our verse is. But before that, it talks about what our natural tendency toward priorities really are. And 
the tendency is that they are going to be tied to the physical. And I'm not just saying the physical body. I'm saying the physical in general. Look at verse 32. It says, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Now, if you have the New International Version of the Bible, this is the English Standard Version. Uh, it says, uh, it uses, instead of Gentiles, it uses the word pagans. Now, I guess politically correct, it's not great to call people who aren't believers pagans in our day and age, okay? And I'm actually glad that uh, in the English Standard Version, not because of political correctness, but the actual word there has to do with, with Gentiles. But the word pagans is what it's talking about. It's people that, that don't have faith, and that's what the Gentiles were in that day. That's how you describe them. People who uh, don't think in terms of spiritual things, don't think in terms of God and what He cares about. Those who have fleshly priorities. That are only concerned about uh, the flesh, the here and now. Now, it doesn't mean that they never think about spiritual things. But it's what they think about first and what they see as the most important so it would not be unusual from these Gentiles or whatever we would call them in our day, those without belief. They, are, they, they might say something like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in spiritual things. But look, a guy's got to eat. i got to provide for my family. And so those things become what dominate what they think about, what they plan for, where they put their energies, and then whatever's left over, that's, that's the spiritual part. I, I'm, I'll be in church if i got time for that. I'll be at worship if I have time for that. So that's the idea here. Uh, now, what are some of the things that fall into that category? Back in verse 25, it says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Life is the first thing. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then down in verse 27, it, it uh, expands a little bit more. And, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life. So in terms of focusing on life, the tendency is specifically the length of our life. And that's what he's saying is that doesn't even need to be our first priority. But isn't that the real goal of most people you know? If it's, if it's not jogging, or health food, or a healthy diet, or a diet, period, anything to make us healthier so we will live longer. 
I'm not opposed to any of those. They're all good. There's nothing wrong with any of them. But God puts things like that into perspective. And he shows how ludicrous it is to have such a big focus upon them. Verse 26 and 27. here's, Here's how he deals with that. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? In fact, if anything, what does anxiety do in terms of our life? It's not only not going to add, it, it, it will take away from the quality of the life that you are, are living. At least you'll enjoy it less. Job 14, verse 5, since his days are determined. The number of his months is with you. And you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. I was reminded of that when I had my heart attack. Most of you have heard that story. I was the guy who had, had jogged every day up until, in fact, I was jogging when I had my heart attack. I was the guy that when I would go out to uh, a lunch with other pastors, I had some meetings like that, and they would be eating the big, juicy cheeseburgers and fries. I was the guy eating the salad because I'm man enough to do that. (laughs) After my heart attack, when I'm going out to eat again with these same guys, they said, we knew it. (laughs) It would catch up with you at some point. If you just ate like us and didn't exercise, you'd have been a lot better off, you know. (laughs) You always, you hear those things. Well, the point is this, and this was what I was reminded of. And I don't regret, you know, what I ate or didn't eat or anything like that. But the point is this. God's in control. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't watch our diet or exercise, but it shouldn't be I'm on this this diet so I can fit into designer jeans and impress everybody else. But there's another way of looking at it through the eyes of this verse. I came across uh, children's letters to God. One letter said, Dear God, what is it like when you die? Nobody will tell me. I just want to know. I don't want to do it. And I think that's, that's our tendency. Rather... What we do in terms of those priorities, I'm concerned about my health because God gave me this body to take care of. So our our priority is not health itself, but it's doing what God would have us to do. The right thing according to His Word. Another priority of uh, 
the world are, are things. It's length of life. It's things. Verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Verse 31 then. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? In the 19th century, Samuel Johnson was walking around a nobleman's castle. And as, uh, uh, you know, he was looking at at this this, uh, lavish place, and his response was, These are the things that make it hard to die. Is it those things that make us think less of heaven and more of why I want another hour here? Again, eating, drinking, what we wear. That, it's, that's the basic insecurity of not trusting in God for our daily needs. Actually, Non-kingdom dwellers tend to be more consistent in that. Because if they're going to be consistent, those who don't believe, who who are not trusting in God for provision, then they know they can only trust themselves. So there's pressure on them to provide. They know their limitations, and so they worry. That makes sense. It fits with their worldview. But those trusting in God, if we are consistent, we should know that we can only rely on God and the pressure should be taken away because God has no limitations and He knows what we need, according to this passage, and so it is useless to worry. That's the only way we can be consistent. But where's the attitude of insecurity lead the one not trusting in God? Well, it creates frustration. Verse 32, for the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. The word uh, translated seek here could be runs after. It's like they're they're, they're running in all these different directions. And it leads to frustration. Seeking after food, drink, clothing will never bring stability or satisfaction. Because it's a continual process. There's, there's no measure of success. There's no way to complete it. Things go out of style. No way you will satiate your uh, fleshly appetites. I know over the holidays there was a time where you ate a meal and said, I'll never eat again. And then a few hours later, what what are we going to eat for supper now? We all do that. It's a a continual process. There is no ultimate uh, way of being satisfied with things in this world. Natural priorities are tied to the physical. 
And so now to our verse, kingdom priorities focus first on the spiritual. But seek first, verse 33, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We, we, in that verse, we do not see a condemnation of seeking our, our basic needs. That's not what this is about. It's just saying, but here's what you do first. Here's what needs to be your top priority. And, and that's, that's probably our biggest struggle. We all generally know what we need. It's a matter of saying, what do we need the most? And God has said, here's what you need the most. The kingdom itself, verse 33, as I just read. Now, that can come as hard to understand. So let me simplify it. I think that it is legitimate where we see the word kingdom, you can substitute the word Christ. That's the best summary. Seek first Christ. Now, there's a lot to the whole concept of the kingdom. But so that we can look at it like a, a laser, know it's talking about Christ as the very center of that. We aren't seeking some nebulous thing. It's the person of Christ. It's making every decision in the light of the kingdom reign of Christ, King Jesus. Think of it that way. For the present and the future. This year we're going to be applying it in, in various ways, as, as I said. But ask yourself, what difference would it make in your life if every single decision you said, okay, here's the verse. You won't need your card in a day or two. Here's the verse. What is the right decision in light of seeking first Christ? Seeking first His glory, His kingdom, His righteousness. What difference will that make in our lives, in our church, in our work, in how we treat one another. So it's seeking the kingdom itself. By the way, even our mission theme this year is thy kingdom come. We'll be talking about that at the end of February. And then it talks about seeking his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness Notice it says, it's obvious, His righteousness. It's not just saying seek righteousness or seek righteousness like Christ, but it's to seek His righteousness. So we tend to think maybe, well, righteousness, we read it this morning, maybe that's it's keeping the Ten Commandments. Well, again, let me simplify. Not make it easier, but let me simplify, even as our reading did. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. 
and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Of these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So don't worry about all those laws out there. Those help us know specifics. But this hones in on the summary of both of those. How could it come down to those two? Luther was said to have said, love God and do what you want. Now, I'm not just saying do what you want. Don't quote just half of that. Oh, Luther said do what you want. But if he really said that, what he's saying is right here in that verse. If you really, really love God and you do it first and foremost, then your want will be to love God and love your neighbor. That summarizes it. We will want to do what's pleasing to Him. And then instead of frustration like those who are running after all these things, this verse offers peace. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Not seeking first His kingdom leads to frustration and instability. Seeking first His kingdom leads to all these things will be given to you. Because God knows what you need. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Will be filled and fulfilled by Christ Himself. You know, there were families all over the Midlands that lost everything in the, the floods in November. And we had some people lose some things. I don't know of any that lost everything. But I hope you at least ask yourself, what would be my state of mind if I had? If you didn't, you need to do that. Sit in your home and say, what if I lost all this? What would I still have? Because what you would still have that could not be touched is what's really important. And that's what this verse is teaching us. What if you lose your job? How would you handle that? What if you lose your health? Would you worry, rely on others, give up? This verse tells us first to seek Christ, and then when we are left with nothing else, we have the freedom of knowing we have everything that we need in Christ. So if you're not a kingdom dweller, that's your first order of business today, this year. One becomes a kingdom dweller by trusting in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life. Not trusting your own works, not trusting your own ability, 
but trusting in what Jesus did on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. If you are a kingdom dweller and you have found yourself not acting like a kingdom dweller, but acting like these Gentiles, acting like these pagans, running after those things, worrying about those things, then that's your first order of business. It's our opportunity in the power of Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit to change that. So you want to do a resolution? Don't want to lose weight so you'll look good in skinny jeans. But if God leads you to that, ask Him to help you lose weight so that in your health you will do that which He would have you do as a steward of the body that He has given to you and that you will be able to carry out His work in a Christ-honoring way. Are you willing to believe what Jesus said? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Well, we're about to go to supper here. And this supper is a great illustration of trusting God's kingdom provision. In this case, salvation. This bread, this fruit of the vine represent the salvation that he bought at the ultimate, infinite price. And so when we partake and we ask him to satisfy us, we are doing it by faith. It, it cannot be that, that this little morsel and this little cup will satisfy us physically, but instead we are saying, will you... O oh Christ, satisfy our souls in you. This is how the Apostle Paul put it. I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And then there is, a, a, along with this wonderful invitation to, to God's people, is a warning. Therefore, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So 
what is a worthy manner? Who, who could possibly stand before God and say, I am worthy to partake of this? Should we all say we're unworthy so we, we not partake? No, our worthiness is not in ourselves. As I said earlier, it is seeking His righteousness. It is trusting in Jesus Christ alone for our eternal life. And so when we partake, if we are trusting in Him alone, we are children of the living God. And we say, I am not and will never be worthy in what I have done, but Christ in me. Christ in me who is completely worthy. It is in His name that we are invited to the table. So if you're not trusting in Christ yet, I'm so glad you're here. And I want you to keep coming. Because I would like for you to join on that journey of trusting Him alone. But if you're not quite there yet, the Apostle Paul says, don't take of these elements today. Just let them pass. Nobody's looking at you. Don't worry about that. But God knows our hearts. And you don't want to make a mockery of His supper. Because He says, you would be eating and drinking condemnation on yourself. And I don't want that for any of you.